Oh, wrong one. to the beers and steers podcast episode six back from the smoky mountains of west virginia we've actually got a little boots on the ground report from how the game was um but first as always thank you to everyone that's been buying t-shirts we've got the koozies they will be in this weekend if you're coming to dallas please text us come up to us if you're going to the cystic fibrosis thing on friday shout out clark hudnell and all those guys uh charles branch as well for putting that together that'll be really fun we will sorry i will be there john will not be there um, I will be handing out koozies left and right. So come up to me, please. Um, I will just go ahead and just give you three or four of them. Uh, <laughs> Feeling generous. The voicemails. We don't have any voicemails this week, but please keep on leaving voicemails because they're the best part of the show. We always say that. Um, uh, oh, wait. Did you talk to Raleigh about how the game was? Yeah, yeah. So the boots on the ground that you referred to earlier was not one of us, unfortunately, but it was – um, Raleigh Wooldridge, shout out for making the trip over from Washington, D.C. Um, I was actually a lot closer once he told me he was doing that than I thought. Um, so they drove over Saturday morning, um, tailgated um, in the West Virginia parking lots um, and said it was really fun. Surprisingly, the fans weren't too belligerent at 2.30. I guess the moonshine starts hitting around 5. And uh, he said the environment being a homecoming game was awesome. Obviously on TV, you could see they had the striped uh, sections minus the student section that, looks um, cool. that always looks cool it's a it's a really good stadium it's really loud um and they get rowdy and um whatnot but he you know said it for the most part the place, the place was rowdy but we did a good job in the second half of the kind of quieting them down and that by the time the fourth quarter and the you know 10 plus point lead came around the place started thinning out pretty fast so um it was a good job on our team of you know making getting the crowd out of the game because um, at the beginning it was a little nerve-wracking but yeah um, yeah, good to see some some of our friends go up there. Shout out Buck Howard also making the trip yep. up there. Um, and I believe – Max was, Hart? No. Was he there yeah, Mac, Max and Luke Hart were both with Raleigh. Got it. Um, so they all were all together. So shout out to those guys. Really, I think it's a good idea to try to make it to one away game a year. And so it's always fun to go up to Morgantown. But, you know – um, what are we going to dive straight into it or is there any other general announcements? No, there's really not. Um, let's get right into it. Yeah. The two thirty kickoff, which I thought was kind of interesting because God. if that was at seven, I don't, I don't think we win that game because I was really impressed with how loud it was from the start. And it obviously like, yeah, it was, you could tell from TV that it died down in the third quarter. It was really weird. Yeah. I don't know what, yeah. Like what the, deal was before that because it was like we were only up by three or something at that point i believe so i really don't know what the cause of all that um was maybe the moonshine did hit them and they were just coming down that's possible i don't know they do serve like like really nice beer in their stadium though like yingling beer and everything they were the first stadium to uh legalize beer in the stadium Um, legalize is that the right term legal yeah whatever allow um, but yeah, real, real interesting start as well. Um, with the blown coverage by BJ Foster that we'll get into yep. touchdown, 
Then we get the ball back, drive all the way down the field, like a 20-play drive, 16, but whatever. Of course. And miss the field goal. Then two, two plays pick, two plays later, the pick. That was great. the first play. That was the first play out of that drive. Are you sure? Yeah it, was, yeah. yeah, it was the first exact play. Damn, sorry. And then uh, touchdown. So, I don't know. It was a really weird start to the game, and it was kind of one of those, like, are we good? Are we doing all right? Are we not doing okay? It was like a blown coverage, but are we still okay? And then it kind of, obviously, the game settled down. But I think overall, in general, it's easy to say that Herman kept it pretty vanilla. Um, and I, I still believe that because we didn't show much on offense outside of obviously the Cosme touchdown, which we will definitely get into. There was, I didn't see anything, you know, that really blew my socks off, both on offense and defense. They pretty kept it in the, in the middle lane. Yeah. A lot of people kind of went at Herman for getting conservative, um, or they're starting to make the general, uh, I guess trend or they notice that he becomes pretty conservative, um, when he gets a big lead, and I think everyone just immediately reverts back to that OU game last year where we almost blew a 21-point lead with eight minutes left. But mm. I don't know. I, I think, like you said, we stayed pretty vanilla. Um, and you could tell we were the superior team. Yeah, I mean, you, you could tell in the, in the long run, the superior team usually ends up winning unless you choke like we were doing in the first half. But um, credit to our defense, man. They they you know, started taking advantage of a pretty weak quarterback and, you know, kind of took control of the game. And then at that point, it was just Sam coast, coasting the rest of the way, kind of like you said, vanilla plays and um, some of our receivers making plays. So I was pleased with, um, you know, one covering. That was nice. <laughs> well, depends on where you got it at. But yeah. yeah, I had it at 10 and a half. So, of course, there that was right on the hair of my chin. But um, I really didn't expect us to cover, no matter what line you had. You know, even game day, it was like, you know, Horns win by – uh, you know, the classic league Corso closer than the experts think. So, um, Win, but don't cover. Yes, exactly. So, no, it, it was awesome. Great win, um, especially the week before OU. So let's dive into, let's dive into the offense first. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I think another one big thing from the offense that kind of sums up the game is the over 200 yards rushing with 100 of that being Roshan, or yeah. 120 of that, excuse me. So that was kind of the overall – main takeaway I thought I, I mean Keontae looked I don't know what was going on he looked terrible from the first drive on I think the first drive he had like negative two yards or he had like two yards on like four carries or something ridiculously awful I, I, I can't decide like what's going on here because I think the O-line play has been consistent enough all year that you can't really pin it on them and it's not like defenses don't realize if Roshan's in the game like it's not you know okay, they're about to throw it three times because they can't hand the ball off to him. No, that's not the case. Like He's treated just as equally as Keontae is. So I, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's because he's got some like crazy injury that we don't know about, but I really I just don't think that's true at this point. I, I, I don't know. I can't decide. It's frustrating yeah. to watch. It was surprising to see Kirk Johnson come in. I was like, yeah, that was hell? awesome, by the way. Did you see his Instagram post? No. It like just basically outlined like how many days. It's been like a thousand days or something and like four or five surgeries and all the stuff until since he'd gotten his last carry. It was really cool. I highly suggest everybody go check that out. I'm doing it right now. But um, yeah, the, we knew the running back was going to be a problem going into the season, but I didn't think we'd still be kind of dealing with this and asking these same questions that we were asking the first week that we're asking mid October. I mean, you still have to give credit to Roshan for stepping up. Um, also took some really good, 
pass blocking on some blitzes. I think that's really what kind of messed up Keontae is on that blitz that he picked up. He picked it up perfectly, but he kind of got blown up. You could tell he was rattled. That's when he kind of went down. But, I mean, Roshan, still with his first ever 100-yard game, like, I don't think he's ever going to play quarterback again. Um, but, yeah, Kirk Johnson was really cool to see. Uh, they yeah. actually had some good patience on some good runs. I don't know. That was – I was not expecting that at all. I knew he was healthy, but – Yeah, still. it was a change of pace from from Keontae's, you know, struggles during the game. Um, and, I mean, Roshan needs some breathers. He had 21 carries for 121 yards. I mean, that's – that's got to be, I know for sure, his most yards with the most touches in a game, correct? I mean, there's no way he's had oh, yeah, more yeah. than 15 in a game. So I mean, The average of, yeah, almost six carries, so that's awesome. Yeah. With it, and his longest was 17. That shows that, you know, it's just a steady churn him out, seven-yard runs every single time. Yeah. That's no, I, do you start him versus OU? I mean, I don't know. It's so tough to say if you, like, actually start him, but, I mean – why would you not yeah. at this point? Like, I think it's kind of, you see how practice goes, but hell, we also haven't seen like any two running back sets. I know they were kind of waiting on not waiting, but wanting to use Whittington with that more. But I mean, why not use it this game? Uh, we'll get into the OU preview on what we're kind of expecting to see, but I think that's one of them. Um, but go, yeah, keep going along. Going to Sam, I, I, I didn't, it was obviously not his best game. Um, only thrown for barely over 200 yards and was not great to start off except for on third down, which was interesting. I think to start the game, he was like five for seven on third down and all five of those completions were first downs. To Duvernay probably. Yeah, like I think four of those were to Devin. Yeah, you're right. So it, that's comforting to know that you have that in your back pocket, but like still what's going on? Is he missing Colin that much? Um yeah, he really wasn't very accurate this game. No, he wasn't. Um, and that, that pick was so unnecessary. It was just a so bad decision. Bad. He almost had a really bad, another really bad pick, like just right over the middle. I think it was to Devin, and it was like in the second half. He was completely covered up by the linebacker, and he saw it at the last – I mean, his arm is coming forward like so hard like he's going to throw it. And then he yeah, that was a great it pull, in. though. It was yeah. a great pull. It ended up being a field goal, but still, like that was – why are you even cocking back? My thing that is that it was his first real road environment this year, so maybe he had to get the you know right. dust off yep. and on that. So I mean, it was, you know, he managed the game pretty well. The the one pick that was what concerned me is like unnecessary. I think we were up ten at that point, um, and I don't know. I just gave West Virginia kind of a chance to come back. So that was the only thing that really concerned me. And then you know he still managed the game pretty well through two TDs, and I mean the. The play that caused me was pretty cool too. So we were we were only up by seven, but that was like the end of the third quarter, around the end of the third quarter. And yeah, we had gone uh, three straight punts on the previous drives, and had like only managed like nothing. I don't even know if we got across the fifty on all three of those. Yeah, um, or no, one of them we did because we picked them off. But still, you know, and then you throw a pick. It was like four straight drives of just turning the ball over immediately. You're like. Good night. What is going on? Why? The, <laughs> the, fuck. Shout out to everyone. Know everyone you know who you you know who you are. The if you coming out the second half, like you should know the mid mid game adjustments and all that. Like we kind of saw against Oklahoma State. So I don't know. It, it was scary to see. But yeah, let's blame it on the road road uh, environment. Obviously, good, he was, good excuse. It's a good excuse. Yeah, the target on his back. I mean. 
our supposed rivals. I, that was the other thing. Like, the, all the people wearing the shirts, like, horns down and all this stuff. I was like, I mean, I guess. Sure, why not? Are we doesn't rivals? bug me. I don't, it doesn't bug me. They're not They're not a rival. They no, I guess because, like, they, I was reading more about it. It's, like, because they don't play Pitt anymore. And, like, they don't play their actual rivals. So, they're just, like, begging for one. I think is the most thing. But still. Their win over us last year on the road was one of probably their biggest win in the Big 12 since they joined. So, yeah. That's they can right. they have that argument that like, look, you could argue that their win over us in uh, what was that, yeah 2012 was 2012 yeah yeah was the yeah top one of their biggest wins in the Big 12 too so maybe that is where they're kind of coming from I don't know we don't view yep. it as that so whatever uh, what did you see from the receivers oh excuse me um, yeah I think that obviously they, they threw it around to all sorts of receivers just looking at it I mean what do we got eight nine, nine receivers that had a reception. Yeah. Um, we really, really need Colin Johnson back, and he better be. He better. I mean, he's playing this week, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was smart not to force the issue. Um, in Morgantown, I'm not sure why he traveled if there was really no intention to play him. But I don't. Know, I'm not a I'm not a trainer. Um, I think it was one I'll, of those like, don't play him unless you absolutely need it. Yeah, but like, why? I mean, even if you absolutely need it, why? So yeah, I don't know. Like, what is he going to do, honestly? That it's going to like truly make a, the big difference. But yeah. um, anyway, the Malcolm Epps that was nice to see him get a touchdown. Uh, pretty much just high point him a little bit of a push off, but okay. uh, you know, nice high point. Um, Jake Smith was kind of MIA during the game. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Um, but our boy, I mean, we we say week in and week out, you know. Last year it was week in week out on LJH. This year it's just Devin Duvernay, man. He's he's balling out. He's taking the opportunity. I want to go back to our notes in week one and say which one of us said he was gonna. I know one of us said he was gonna be unreal this year, but um, yeah, he continues to be the target on third down, third and longs. Um, you know, he's just Mr. Consistent, and as everyone probably knows, since everyone follows social media, he became the sixth captain of the team today. Yeah, so that's that was cool. awesome. That was really cool. That was a great video. If you haven't seen that on the. Um, Instagram. Yep. And then lastly, um, I was at Kirby Ice House watching the game, surprise. And um, I was at the – either in the restroom or at the bar trying to order a beer when, when John Burke caught his touchdown pass. When I got back to the table, and I don't know who I was watching it to, someone told me John Burke caught a touchdown. I was like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way. <laughs> and I look back, and it's like a highlight of John Burke, who almost dropped it, by the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was like John Pert with a touchdown catch. Like it's a good thing we got that out of our system because we don't need to have any more of those this year. So yeah, it, both of those were great throws more than anything. And good routes. The time, but the, yeah, the timing on the routes were yep. incredible. So yep. that's really what made kind of the, both of those touchdowns go. Um, Brewer with a standard one big catch for a big gain. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I think that's just guaranteed to happen each game uh he needs a touchdown i want him to get a touchdown so bad because he deserves it one guy i was surprised to see a lot of was jared wiley and he actually blocked pretty dang well um so i don't it's another thing to kind of tuck away in terms of like what the offense can do don't be surprised if you see two tight ends which we really haven't done that much we did it a little bit on saturday um and they use basically wiley as a blocker and just would run Brewer as a fake, you know, fake blocker towards the linebacker on play action, and then be going straight down the seam. And he was wide open on one on, 
I believe it was Burt's touchdown. So just kind of keep that in the back of your head. Don't be surprised when you see that. Um, going over the O-line. Okay, finally, after however many weeks we've been doing this, I will critique the O-line a small amount. They go three sacks and five tackle for loss, including the first play of the game for like six yards, which was absolutely bullshit. That should never happen. But you got to give a little bit of credit to the Stills brothers for West Virginia. Those guys played really well. That, the D-tackle one, I think it's the 56 one, he had Shaq's number all night and was just destroying him. Shaq was giving no help to Angleau, too, on when they're trying to run to the left, and Angleau just didn't have time, is not quick enough to get over. they got to just communicate that better and just give a little shove off him to help out your guards. I mean, that's just – Simple, simple stuff that Shaq can do, and he's smart enough to do. So I'm confident they can get that done. But Shaq going against uh, Neville, whatever, Gallimore for Oklahoma this week might be the matchup. Just a little preview, but the matchups of the game honestly might be guard or center on nose tackle, both sides of the ball, with Shaq going against Gallimore and then Creed Humphreys going against Keandre Coburn because that is really a lot of talent right there between those four players. But – um. Rest of the O line, I mean, Braun played okay, but everything was getting blown up. I and mean, he he plays his best when he's getting out in space um, and getting up to the second level on counters and pulls and stuff like that. Kersetter had a okay day in pass pro, decent run blocking, but their DNs weren't great. And then my boy, oh my god, <laughs> that was like one of the greatest plays I mean I've ever seen in my entire life. And I saw it like as soon as he kind of peeled back left, and then you saw Shaq. And Braun just like you could tell that they were like, okay, we are running as fast as we can. We got to get our boy the touchdown. First O lineman touchdown in the Big Twelve ever. Technically, wasn't a pass, which was pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know. It was perfect. It was perfectly called. I saw some people were pissed. Like, why don't you save that for OU? It's like, no, shut no, the fuck up. You yeah. take that. You take the points. That was the nail in the coffin. Like, that was awesome. Well, now also you have to prepare, you know prepare for right. it. Now so you have to think about it. Like, oh shit, they've element, got a so. six eight left tackle who can be a tight end. Like, yeah, that's not fun. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, yeah, it was an awesome play. I was I was wondering when it happened. At what point you stood up and started freaking out and oh, screaming like a little as kid? As soon but... as as soon as Sam basically planted his right foot, I mean, I yeah. just jumped straight out of my chair. Fat now, boy touchdown. Oh yeah, I mean that's a Piesman candidate for sure. That should be the winner. Like, don't even do the the whatever trope or contest anymore. That should win it, but that was awesome. And yeah, it, he, ran, he ran him with the ball pretty well, actually. Yeah, he did, and then he ran over the guy in the end zone. Yeah, we didn't they, have they to. both blew up. They oh, blew yeah, each other up. Both their necks snapped back, but, I mean, you could tell Cosme was just so amped up and so on so much adrenaline, he didn't even feel a second yeah. of that. Bull um, move, though, at the time of the game, up 28-17, and bull move, if that does not work, you yeah. – I mean, yeah, you go – if you – I mean, just the concern of turning it over is always scary. But, yeah, it, it obviously worked out real well and was pretty entertaining. And that really kind of felt like the, the nail in the coffin once that happened. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, overall, I thought the offense was okay. I don't think it was great. 42 points. Ooh, 42 is a, points, yeah. Okay, I mean, 42 points is a little misleading, though, because you get four turnovers, which we'll get it to, but you get four turnovers from your defense. Like, you kind of got to think of that as four extra uh, – possessions and you're still only getting 42 points i don't know i i think they're they're better than that is basically what i'm saying yeah i mean but for the most part holding on the ball 
other than Sam's bad pass. Yeah. Um, you know, Roshan's coming and starting to prove himself. And I mean, there's, it's a, it's a pretty entertaining offense and they really held the ball for most of the game. I think it was 35 plus minutes. So, I mean, they're, they're holding their own. Just got to, got to, I mean, Dicker needs to figure out his stuff, but um, yeah, let's switch over to the defense who pretty much was the story of the day. I think. Yeah, no, especially uh, the DB or DBs. I mean, Deshaun Jameson, that was a huge confidence <laughs> booster. We needed yeah. that. He needed that. Um, so I got, you know, was number one on, uh, he got Moss number one on sports center and rightfully so that was just an unbelievable athletic play, uh, and great job taking the ball down. But I mean, another play that got overlooked and it was arguably just as athletic and taking advantage of a not as a gr- not great thrown ball was Delhi's interception, um, yeah. in the first quarter. That was, he was, if you go back and watch that, he is on the wrong side of the field. He is on the wrong side of the hash marks. Realize it like right before the snap sprints over there, gets in a perfect position and Kendall thinks that he's got a wide open guy kind of throws it behind him and he just breaks on it perfectly. That was awesome. That was so cool to see. Yeah, no, I mean, it was very comforting to see the D backs do what they um, ended up doing throughout the game, especially after what BJ Foster led up, which I don't think was a catch by the way um, on that first touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah, that was I. That was another play. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. I mean, they looked at it, but yeah, yeah. I guess I'm surprised they didn't overturn. Yeah, it. the call on the field probably. I mean, I don't. I couldn't hear what it, whether it's still or if it was confirmed. But that and another play on the sideline were both really iffy Big Twelve ref moments. But um, and the targetings, my God. Oh my uh, gosh. So the the guy that stood. I mean, Anthony Cook actually had a decent game. Yeah, he did. So that was nice. But I mean, he played really physical on the outside which is what you need. And I, I can't recall like one giant mess up that he had, like anything over his head. Knock so. on, yeah. Knock on wood. But yeah, I, I Deshaun, Jameson with me. Plays, Deshaun Jameson's plays were awesome, but I also, you know, you gotta remember it was freaking Austin Kendall. The guy's not that good. No, he's not. So, but, um, that, but that James kid is, he's really damn good. I mean, obviously. And I think one of them was off of him. Maybe I might be making that up, but still, uh, the rest of the guys, like I thought, B Jones had a great day in coverage. The run support wasn't incredible. Bad tackling on the back end. Uh, Chris Brown, especially, like he just goes for the big hit, which I love, but you kind of got to follow it up. It's frustrating to watch. Yeah, Montreal still actually didn't play that bad, um, which is kind of weird to see. Um, I thought the linebackers played pretty good. We talked about Delhi. I thought Juwan Mitchell did a good job. Um, he's obviously much more suited for run support than he is in coverage, which is fine. And he's a great blitzer up the middle. So that's all yeah. that you really need. Um, what what did you see? You see like defensive line? You see I mean, defensive line, down? obviously, everyone stands out. Or the first guy stands out to everybody is Keandre. He, there were multiple plays where he just like blew past the center and it was like completely disrupted the running back out of the actual play, which was awesome. Uh, he continues to grow every day, every game. And like you said, he's going to have an awesome uh, challenge this week. Um, and, and Humphreys. Uh, but also Taquan Graham actually had a pretty good game too. I thought he stood out to me. Um, and then, oh, I guess you mentioned I'll let you take him, but <clears throat> the other guy, I'll, I'll let you take your, your notes. But I thought Taquan Graham had a good game as well. What, Jacoby Jones? And, yeah. Yeah, no, he played really well. Same with Devondre Sweat. Like, I know, like, they're kind of backups and they don't hit it a lot, but that's a big – when you can get that level of production from your second string, even – kind of third string when you really think about it but 
that's huge to give those guys a breather. Keandre needs a breather. He's like 340 pounds. That bud needs <laughs> needs a couple breaks. Yeah. Really, really good article on the athletic talking about. I didn't realize him and Ed Oliver went to the same high school. And, really? Yeah. And they were like Wait, uh, him and Ed Oliver, Keandre and uh, Ed Oliver. Oh yeah, Westfield. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I to, yeah. And uh, it was just cool. Like Ed Oliver, like talking about like he was like you know basically like his big brother on the D line, like kind of messing with him still. But like, God, can you imagine like Ed Oliver in the three technique and Keandre in the like one technique right on top of you if you're like a guard or center? That would be oh no, yeah, you miserable. might like hut and fall and try to chop block him or something. Oh, that sounds. But uh, the other guy who stood out to me was, I mean, Jawan Mitchell it's, continues to get more and more playing time. That yeah. uh, transfer, not transfer. Um, yeah, no, Brad transfer is a Juco. I can't remember. Juco. Okay. Uh, Juco um, linebacker. So. The, yeah. And the one player that I really just didn't see anything from, and he really didn't play that much, was Shark, which was interesting because he kind of started off with the running a 3 3 5, which is main difference between what we've been doing dude because of the injuries in the dbs we went with three linebackers and it was basically osai mitchell and delhi instead of shark out there which was interesting i don't know i i kind of agree with it it might be one i doubt we see much of that this week um but possibly who knows uh osai was kind of not irrelevant but not his usual disruptor self i think we've risen him to such a high level that we expect to see a lot of him. Yeah, he was still the leading tackler, though. So, I mean, right. hey. So, but, I mean, can you think of, like, one play where he really jumped no, at you? No, of course not. Yeah. No, that's, that the, that's kind of what I'm getting at. But, yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it's going to be a big week for the linebackers. They gave too. up a lot. I mean, they gave up a lot of points this past week to a pretty subpar offense. That's what's concerning to me. Yeah. And the points, the I mean, the 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 drop to lose the that was by far the most glaring, I think, to really let him back into it for no reason. The the yardage, I I agree with you on the points, but the yardage is a little bloated because of the interceptions and everything. You know, you basically, especially since we scored quickly on two of them, I mean, they basically get two drives. You know, back to back. It's that makes it a little skewed, but yeah. 31 points, the touchdown, the two-minute drill that they ran at the end, not conducing to uh, calming the nerves for the upcoming week. <laughs> um, but, uh, That's well, a very, very subtle way of saying it. I don't know. In general, it was a good red win. We only have to go outside the state one more time this season. I'm hey, very I'll take it. it. Yeah, we won the game before OU. That is – a line we have yeah. we have not said that many times in our in our lives as UT football fans. So I will take that win. Um, two and zero in Big Twelve play. So undefeated in conference play. Um, all right. Well, speaking of, now is the time to get into it. As you getting a little cold outside, isn't it? It is actually getting cold outside. There is a cold front. It hasn't hit yet. It is hitting uh, probably in about twenty four hours, but. Hmm. It is getting chilly outside, so there must be a cold front coming. <sighs> Texas Longhorns play the Oklahoma Sooners this week in the Red River Shootout. 11 a.m. on Fox. Joe Clyde, Gus Johnson on the call. Gus Johnson. 115th time playing. Give or take. Give or take. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Oklahoma the greatest, comes in. The greatest one of, I would say, the greatest sporting environments um, in sports. But I guess 100% the coolest college football environment i'm willing to say that 
So I, I agree with that, and I think that a lot of uh, commentators would agree with you on that one too. Just because it's so unique, I think, is what separates it. Yeah, the environments in Alabama, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Michigan, Ohio nope. State, stuff like that. Florida, Georgia. Nah. Florida, Georgia. Like the game environments, yeah, they might be a little better, but I think when you throw it that it's in the fair, it's a neutral site every single year. Every single year it's split down the middle exactly the same. Every single year both teams got to run out of the tunnel. I mean – it's one of those like every single year I get mad. I'm like, why are we not the team by the tunnel? Like all this stuff. But then you get to the game, and they're like just sprinting down the field, oh. and it's incredible. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. There's not many times where like the child comes out in me still. Oh yeah. But every single year when our team runs on the field or when OU runs on the field, I am literally screaming some things that I just don't need to say on this podcast. Yeah. And every year Ashley looks at me like I'm a freaking child, but it's worth it because <laughs> it is the coolest thing to see our team. Mark, you know what? I'm going to take a step back. It's one of the coolest things to watch those two bands before the game even starts. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. really fun. Both both fan bases, usually our students are sitting there sprinting, trying to get in the game on time. Imagine that. Oh, um, that. And – and, well, no, every bus needs Mrs. Petty's, you know, yes. directions. Whatever direction saint. she gave our bus driver. Oh, but, my gosh. Absolute saint. So, it's just – it is such a cool environment. It's always fun. It always seems to be a competitive game, minus those three times in the last, you know, 10 years, and they've absolutely destroyed us. Um, but it has just always been one of my favorite favorite parts of the fall, and it's just a great way to kind of be like that, you know, halftime of, of the football season. So Yeah, definitely. And one of these days, that Oklahoma band leader is going to fall directly on his ass when he does that bullshit lean. Oh, my God. I can't freaking stand the stupid little guns, too. One, one time, he's going to fall. Don't don't you worry, John. Um, all right. Let's get into some actual football. Injury. No, of course not. What's that? Injury updates. Colin Johnson's back. Injury update over because everyone else is still hurt. Whittington's. The one guy, Whittington. Overshawn might be playing. Mm, debatable. Doesn't sound condu- like he would, but possibly. The Damn one it. guy that I'm – I wouldn't be surprised if he at least suited up, if he maybe plays, is Stearns. I hmm. know that's crazy and that he's like – no one's heard anything good about him, but I, I just have a – I don't know why. I just have a feeling that – Herman is hiding something with there, and he always does, and every both teams do. I mean, they ask, uh, what's his name, the O line coach for OU, if his tackles are going to play today, and he's like, I don't know, ask Riley, you know, stuff like that. So, I think Demo and is probable, and don't be surprised if Stearns is probable too. Hmm. But Jalen Green hurt out, Whittington hurt out, Josh Thompson hurt out. Yeah, that Josh Thompson just scratched off the list. He's not going to play the rest of the year. I know, I'm just saying. What, am I missing anyone else? I think that's it. Jalen Green, you said Caden's a probable, yeah. or likely now. Uh, who else, who else, who else, who else? That's really about it. B.J. Foster is good to go. I know he was a little dinged up. Foster's good. Brewer's dinged up. He's good to go. Shaq is good. That's good. That's like the first time we've ever said that ever. <laughs> but okay, here let's do some quick stuff. I know we're not gonna sit here and go, Jalen Hurts has fifteen hundred yards, blah blah blah. You can get turned. Have you heard about the gentleman named Jalen? CD Lamb, he's a good he's got, you know, go watch Herb Street if you like that. Couple God, things. CD Lamb, that guy though. Oof. Both of their offensive tackles both missed the game last week against Kansas and it kind of showed they were Kansas DNs, that number nine is actually pretty good. I thought linebacker <laughs> DN was kinda getting to him. 
Adrian Ely and Eric Swinson are the names of the starters. Those are the guys who miss. Swinson is much better than Ely, but still. Their backups really aren't great. They have been very quiet about if these guys are playing or not. So don't be surprised if they don't. What are their numbers? I'll look. I'll look. What were their names? Eric Swinson. And I got it. Uh, Austin Ely. How, how do you spell that? E A L E Y. E A L E Y. Okay. Well, Swinson seventy seven, and then I believe. Uh, this is great radio. Adrian Ely. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, those are the two guys. If those guys aren't playing, we. It's kind of one of those breaks that every single year happens. Ely's number 59. If that goes to us, that really kind of helps out. It's like Calcaterra going out last year. Calcaterra going out was huge last year. He was such a threat for Kyler Murray to throw to, and he went out after the first possession. Yeah, because he got his ass beat by Brandon Jones. Um, Nope, nope, nope. Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd, excuse me. Uh, The... Pass rush, I mean, they've given up like not that many sacks. And even tackle for loss, I think they're even better in the country. So, both those guys are out. That's huge. Just some little things to think about. I mean, Hurts is Hurts. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's very, very good. And there's a reason that he's at the top of the most Heisman straw polls. But with his percentages, they're a little statistically not as aligned as you think they would be. He's not even in the top 100 in attempts in the country, and he's 70th in the country in completions. So the averages are obviously incredible, but the data and sample size is not as big as you think it was. He's yeah, obviously he's running the ball all the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about throwing the ball. I don't want to talk about him running the ball because I know he's fucking good, and I know he's going to break one for like 50 yards. Yep. He's very accurate when he throws the ball, but he still doesn't have as many touchdowns as you think throwing the ball. And how much has he really been tested? Think about the defenses that he's played so far this season. Yeah, that, that Kansas defense. Oof, they're, Those they're Kansas electric. DBs are trouble, but other they're than that, they're electric. They're not as good as the Tech defenses. I'll give you that. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. I know the Houston DBs are scary as well. Uh, they're 60th ranked in the strength schedule. That's according to Sager and ratings, which I think is the best. The, the I'm going to call this like the Corso. A uh, little tidbit because he's definitely going to talk about it, and they're going to be like, "Oh, that's actually a good point." They're 129th out of 130th in terms of penalties against um, as a team. Wow! So just keep that in mind. That's just one of those. So we got to get under their skin. Yeah, because penalties win games. Uh, yeah, but that actually is true. Get under their skin, play dirty, don't get don't get caught. They've only uh, and okay, third down defense. This was we were talking about this before. This is actually the most mind-blowing stat. They are fifth in the country in third down uh, percentage on defense. Yeah. So what does that say? I mean, we're like fifth, sixth in country in offensive third down conversions. So that's the difference in the game right there. That's probably the difference in the game. Right yeah, there. I mean, their, their defense is able to manufacture what it looks like three or four more offensive possessions a game for them just based on getting off the field on third down. So yeah. if we can, you know, I don't even know. What are we averaging on, on third down? What is our percentage? Uh, I don't know. I think it's close to like over or close to like 60 or so. Don't, I could be making that up. Well, you look it up while I talk. I'm looking yeah. it up. That, that is like honestly the oh, – there we go. We are 56.5. Okay. Let's they just say – 55.5. 
We got a second ranked third down conversion percentage. Wow. On offense, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say, okay, let me ask you this. If we are greater than our you know, season long percentage, do we win this game? In terms of convert, I mean, fuck, I don't know. Yes. It's such, a, it's such a wild one to like kind of say, yes, that's the what ends up being. But that doesn't like game. truly translate the point. I mean, I guess it does. No, it doesn't. But, but like, it, it means that their offense is not on the field as much, and we got to keep their offense off the field. So yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. That's so tough to say because in this they, game, like, is it, does it that really make that much of a difference? Because there's always four swings in the game at oh, least. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is that one of them? I mean, it, that's I wouldn't consider that a swing. A swing is Kyler Murray scampering seventy yards of the field. A swing yeah. is Jordan Chipley taking one of the house. Like, I so, usually average like three and a half heart attacks during this game. Oh, easily. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Murray's running down the sidelines towards like where exactly where I was. I was just sitting there in awe last year. Like, oh my that was God. honestly one of the more athletic plays. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Like, it was pretty impressive. It was it was a bad angle by Wheeler, but still, like that he didn't get touched. So I don't know. It's it's an incredible what they've done so far in offense. It really is, and you have to give credit to Lincoln Riley for how good of an offensive coach he is. Yep. Um, can, but they're unproven. Unproven. They are unproven defensively. Yeah, they've got the new coordinator, Alex Grinch from Ohio State. Um, he's kind of shook things up. That number forty-four, that Bradley or whatever, one talks a lot of shit. Got benched because he actually sucks. He's the typical OU defender who just dives in ankles and then gets up and claps in your face. So, I, I, from their defensive side, I think Kenneth Murray's the main guy that you'll hear about he's number nine he's like their outside linebacker he's pretty good but he's nothing like absolutely incredible i think gallimore the the nose guard is much better um they've got the one uh what's his name cornerback trey what's his name norwood no trey norwood yes isn't that his name no i think that's a west virginia guy no i think that's his name this is great radio no keep going i'll tell you yeah, it's – oh, wait, no, he's the one who's out. He's the one who got hurt. Excuse me. He is really good, but he's not playing the rest of the season. Anyways. Trey Brown. Sure, him. Can their defense – like, what? what's their defense going to look like different? What I think last, Okay, whatever. Keep going. Last year we were much more physical up front, and we allowed um, running backs to kind of get loose, and obviously Sam get loose, and then it opened up kind of throwing the ball. Can we do that again? I don't know. I'm not as confident in our run game as uh, we have been in the past, especially after this past week with Keontae really just not being able to. Do you think Roshan can carry? Yeah, Roshan's going to have to have 100-plus to open up the field for Duvernay to do it. And uh, we've talked about the two two tight end, the two running back. I mean, Sam designed runs. How many of those have we seen? Not more than – I saw a stat like through the first four games, um, Sam had ran – a third of the amount designed runs that he had third compared to last year. So that's got to change at some point. I think this is why would you not bring that out for this game? So uh, I don't know. It's tough to say the matchups across the board are pretty, I'm not going to say even, but no, no, they're not even, but they're, they're not as big not as, there's not a reason big. we're 11 point dogs. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to have to have a career type day, like little Jordan Humphrey had last year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's gonna take an unbelievable effort by a certain somebody that's gonna like surprise Oklahoma. I think I mean keeping keeping their offense off the field, um, trying to, you know, 
reduce their, you know, keeping the ball in the hand. But I guess if we can take two possessions away from Jalen, that makes a huge difference. And I think, I mean, one of the biggest deals of last year was how bad Oklahoma's defense was. Mm-hmm. I mean, terrible. Yeah. And we made their defense look a lot better in the Big 12 championship, yeah. which ended up being the, you know, the reason why we lost that game. So, um, OU's defense is a lot better this year. They've, you know, new defensive coordinator. So, We'll see how that plays out, but I trust that Sam is going to figure it out during the game. It's just a matter of how you contain Jalen at the end of the day. And can we do that? Um, I don't know, but we're going to find out. So Okay. Beers and Sears tradition. We've done it four years in a row. We're <laughs> going to do it again. So, when the band marches in, <laughs> they will march in, do their normal, and then they'll do March Grandioso. T. Uh, e. like they always do they do right. something a little bit different at OU they'll do the T they'll sp- spell out Texas and then they run it back again spell out T spell out E spell out X spell out A spell out S and then once we get to this part Okay, right here, when you hear that, after they've gone through it twice, look to the band director. If he is holding horns up in the sky, that means that he's going ready. To, they are Get going ready. to pause right here. Pause. That is when you scream, beat, beat the, the hell fuck out of, out of OU. OU. And John and I are the only ones who do it every screen. year. <laughs> and it drives both of us crazy. And every year, the first time I do it, I am so jacked up, I see stars after it. I swear to God I do. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so stupid. It's so juvenile. And it's awesome. That's why I love it. And that's why it's I a keep thrill. doing it. So, yeah. And if you don't do it, you'll hear and you're going to be throwing right. off. Like, you know, it, you'll it's hear a, the pause. You'll be like, "Wait, why are they paused?" You'll hear the pause, and you'll probably hear about like fifty percent. I would think it's a little high. No, no, like fifteen. Fifteen? Okay, give me give me twenty five. You'll hear like <laughs> uh, it's not in it's not in sync. So it's like it's just oh, all yeah, sorts of people are off. either belligerent or just like beat the hell out of you. Um, so if you have child children next to you, don't scream the f word. But if you don't scream the f word, I'll be screaming the f word. Yeah, so it has a great tradition, gets you jacked up, and according to Stuart, it makes you lightheaded. So. No, it does. I mean, that probably is a combination of several other things, but still, <laughs> like, I see stars every single time. I love it. Um, all right, should we do favorite memories? We do this every year. I think it started – explain the Marcus Johnson wheel route. Yeah, so the Marcus Johnson wheel route it was sophomore year. 2013. Uh, Case McCoy, classic quarterback. Um <laughs> Literally had no ability to beat the University of Oklahoma. Excuse me, Oklahoma University. Wow, whatever they are. Um, so he, you know, we go into that game and God, I want to say, I want to say we were down at this point, but I think we were um, like tied at this point. Honestly. Yeah, it was like, well, we actually have a chance in this game, and OU was huge favorites as always throughout our whole college career. And uh, for some reason, out of nowhere, just because I'm a football expert, of course, I thought and i assumed that there was a marcus johnson wheel route coming up and what do you know case drops back marcus johnson goes around and all of a sudden he's wide open for an unbelievable in, uh, touchdown in the texas end zone which i think is one of the cooler images of him running into the end zone and i mean our area just went absolutely nuts we had great seats that game by well the way. you gotta did you 
talk about how you called it? I did, yeah. I, oh, I, mean, I mean, like, you caught, like, he literally turned to me and was like, Marcus Johnson, like, 100%, this is happening. <laughs> sure enough, we were, I'm looking at the play-by-play right now. If you ever sit next to me in a football game, you'll realize that I whisper things a lot right before the play. And then every once in a while, it ends up being exactly right. <laughs> Anyways, it was the most incredible thing you've ever seen in your life. It was, okay, we were... We were up ten to three. Yeah, we were up ten to three. Then went up seventeen three, and from then on, it was like pretty much. I don't know. They never got even close. So, it was just one of my favorite memories. Both one that John and I share together, and we'll always will. Yep. Um, predictions go. Um. Uh, well, we didn't go into our other memories. Oh yeah, my. Oh okay. Mine. I. It's still the 08 punt return. In terms of like you talk about the, like the heart attacks, the the flips of the momentum all that stuff in the game that is i think that's the i mean that's tough to really declare but i think that might be the most momentous we've ever had oh yeah no david just you know kind of, kind of taking a big lead in one of the bigger texas ou games ever and that was sick that was unbelievable um kind of really changed the changed the game and gave us hope but um i would say is it my turn yes i would say you know, I have a favorite memory from the game, which I'll get to in a second, but favorite memory of just OU weekends in general is a certain Stuart McLaughlin dancing <laughs> at Osuna, um, Ozona. Friday night before Ozona, excuse me, whatever, same thing, tomato, tomato. I drive by it every single day, it's the uh, <laughs> Dancing on the Friday night before OU after a certain uh, amount of beers on the way up 35, oh, and is to this day, one of the funniest videos, and it, it, it makes me cry and laugh every time I see it. So that's one of my favorite memories there. But um, other general memories, just the drive up to 35. If you are a student and you listen to this and you are getting jacked up for the drive up to OU, I'm so jealous. That is the best, best like four hours. I mean, I don't even know how many hours it is. Yeah, no but, one does. It's usually like probably closer to five. But yeah, know. the poor flying J that you stop at and, oh you know, um anywho best i think my you know there's been so many cool ou texas games um throughout our lives but i think one of my favorite memories is also from the 08 game i believe i may have mentioned this one last year but uh similar play similar i guess later in the game colt drops back there's a crossing pattern to jordan shipley and he's running to the end zone and kind of quickly being uh I guess some OU fan or OU tack, or, excuse me, D backs are approaching him, and all of a sudden, from the sideline, not the sideline, but close to the side, another route is Quan Cosby, who just absolutely destroys one of their D backs, and it is just to this day, like Kirk Herbstreit always like randomly mentions it, um, but I always tweet at Quan Cosby to say one of the coolest plays and effort plays, and it, you know, I don't remember if they ended up calling it a touchdown or if he was down at the one, but just the at that time and it just i mean honestly today i think they would call that like a you know a targeting oh, or something yeah he's probably kicked out of the game um but it, i remember seeing that play and you couldn't tell if more people were reacting to that or the touchdown it was just like right yeah it was such a big deal right like so like bang bang yeah it was it was right in the you know i don't remember what point of the game was but it was huge got everyone jacked up and so it's one of my favorite memories for sure and then obviously uh, Chris Whaley running in the, the interception. That was pretty cool. Um, Another 2013 memory. Um, the 2015 Tyrone going in the end zone. That was pretty incredible. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an underrated one, mostly because we thought we had no chance going into that game. And yeah, the Charlie Strong really long finger when he was celebrating that. Yeah, picture. that was really weird. weird. Um, but yeah, good memories, man. Fun times. So okay. let's go predictions. I'll go <clears> first. Um, it, I don't feel confident enough in a run game for this offense to truly put up enough numbers to make up for what the defense is going to let up. They're going to score a lot of points. It's just, it's going to happen. I think for us to truly out offense them, we'd have to score over 50. And I I think that's just tough to do unless Keontae is 110% and so is Roshan and obviously Sam is. And like you mentioned earlier, someone who comes out and is, has a hero game, which should, isn't impossible, especially Colin Johnson coming back, Duvernay, team captain, Sam, revenge for the safety against the Big 12. There's a lot of opportunities there. Hey, anything can happen in a, in a rivalry game. So, But I just don't see our defense playing well enough for us to keep this close. It hurts, it stings, it sucks. But Oklahoma 45, Texas 40. What do you think is the, you know, if we score this many points, we win? 52. Okay, Wow. That'd be the most we have not scored. I think we got forty-eight last year. I would love to know when the last time we scored fifty points in the OU game is. God, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll look while you go. Probably in the nineties. I don't. I not not a lifetime. Um, so I agree. I agree with your logic. Unfortunately, I do think uh, Oklahoma ends up winning this game. I do think we end up kind of. I think we end up turning the ball over a few times. Um, to win this game or to have a chance, we're going to need a special teams touchdown and to play, I mean, a very clean game on special teams on our end. Don't let them have any stupid punt returns for touchdowns. Uh, don't give me up any easy points, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, we're going to need, I think, some some trick plays as well. But I think at the end Definitely. of the day, Jalen Hurts, I mean, I hate saying this because it's such a cop-out, but Jalen Hurts is the difference. Um, and it's so frustrating because we thought finally after Kyler leaving last year, we were fine. But um, I think it ends up being somewhere around. I think yeah, OU goes over forty. I think we end up being in the low thirties. I think it's a 45, 30, 34 game. We have never scored fifty points over fifty points in uh, this game. Wow. Well, this is the year. This <laughs> there's a time for everything. Uh, it sucks. It burns. It really does taste like acid spewing that out. But it's we're we're. Just giving it to you how it is. All right, there's X. I will have eight corn dogs in my hand after the uh, game to celebrate. You want it, John and I will be there. What time are you actually? Because I mean, we're gonna. Oh yeah, thank you, time. thank you. If anyone is listening to this still and is on the six fifteen flight out of Houston Hobby <laughs> on Saturday morning, Jesus. please let me know. I've actually heard it's a pretty popular flight. It's oh, the I'm first sure. Flight yeah. out, and it's like all Texas fans heading up there. So I land, um, I believe seven thirty, seven forty five, and I'll be at the state fair by eight forty five. So. Um, straight from the airport to the fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna go linger around and wait for your hungover ass. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe your dad wants to go to the museum or something. Um, <laughs> Maybe let's go get a, a nice breakfast. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go see where JFK got shot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> games of the week. There's actually a couple other really good games going on the rest of the weekend. Um, Bam and A and M will be at Old Mill and watching this one. Uh, at A&M is plus 17, 230 CBS game with uh, Hayden S. Gary Danielson. Tua might throw for 500 yards. <laughs> um, their receivers are going to have a damn day. I think Mond is going to get chewed alive because their offensive line blows. But I don't 
don't be surprised if they actually put a decent amount of offensive yardage on the on the board because um, Bama's defense is really really banged up. I do like the over here though. I think A and M will at least score some points, but Bama might put up a fifty burger. Yeah, I thought the uh, game day commentary after the Ohio State game this week was pretty yeah. hilarious regarding A and M. It's not incorrect, and it's actually ends up stirring up a lot of conversation about their investment of the stadium and, and whatnot as well. It's like, you know, Johnny built you this stadium. You went to the SEC and what do you have to say for it? Right. So um, I think it's pretty comical. Um, you know, I, I you can't blame them for not winning a game versus Alabama, but they need to win the, the Auburn games, the LSU games, right. the Ole Miss games at home. So Where it really yeah. makes a difference. Where it's yeah. like a, so, should be a four-point game or whatever. So I think this will be a little bit closer than, than a lot of people think for a while. I think a will keep it interesting. They usually do versus versus Alabama. I agree we're going to take the over, and I think Alabama has a last second, not a last second, but a kind of a backdoor cover. Um, so Penn State. 21-point game at the end of the day. Penn State at Iowa. Um, Iowa's plus four, seven o'clock. That's the ABC game, actually. They, get the, they get the A team. This, I didn't realize it was a night game. That's oh, all. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State or Iowa's quarterback Nate Stanley threw for three picks last week, I believe. It's horrible. Did played really bad, and Penn State's defense is actually really damn good. I think this might be the coming out party for Penn State, and I think this is kind of one where it might have people start thinking like, okay, is Penn State, Ohio State, is that going to be, um, the you know the game in the Big Ten? So I I like Penn State big here. Really? Yeah. Even in a hostile environment of Iowa at night. Yeah, Iowa at night. That's what they're known for is Kinnick Stadium. Yes. I don't know. I think Iowa actually bounces back after a really frustrating game at the Big House, and I think they actually upset Penn State. So. Mm. Yeah. Florida LSU game day. LSU is minus 13. At That's home. a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I, yeah. At first, I looked at this, I go, LSU's going to whoop them. And then I kind of thought we watched nope. most of that Florida game. I was like, damn, Florida's defense actually is pretty good. Um, and the trash kid, he can't move, but he can throw the ball kind of. Um, it was kind of hilarious how he like hurt his leg, came off, and then like the next two plays later, they ran like an option to the short side with him. I was like, what the hell are you all doing? Um I think I think LSU wins this still. Burrow is legit. Obviously, we know that one. Um, and I don't think Florida's seen a quarterback that has been nearly as good as he is. So I think LSU wins. But yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not comfortable taking the 13. No, neither am I. I think um, LSU being at home ends up being the difference in the game. I just don't want to touch the game with 13 points. If it comes down a little bit, maybe. But 13 is a lot. I really don't think it's going to. I think it came down like 12 and a half in some places, but that's about it. Um, all right. That's it for everybody. Your favorite song is going to be uh, carrying us out tonight. Um, if you text me, I can get you a copy of said song. It is no longer found on the internet, though, so I kind of have a bootleg copy that I can uh, at least give to you all uh, if you really, really love it. But it's that good of a song, so why not? How about that cold front coming in? There must be a cold front coming. See you all Saturday. Have a School day.
dogs. Corn dogs, Jackie. Corn dogs for everybody. Oh, buy or stay fair tickets, everybody. Oh, coupons, you mean? Whatever. What are, what are you, like, Mitchell correct now? You cannot get